Hey guys, thank you for joining me on the season three finale of the Tuesday special podcast. Uh, this was a very, very fun episode. Uh, it came to me. One of my good friends uh, told me I needed to sit down with my guest today and uh, have a chat. And it did not disappoint. Probably one of my favorite top, at least top two or three uh, conversations I've had on this podcast since I started it. Uh, and my guest today is Lyle Super Law Case, and uh, amazing individual. Uh, it's it's crazy. I, this is what I love about this podcast is like I've met Lyle numerous times, said hey to him. He's done some stuff with us for PWX, uh, but never really sat down and had a conversation with him. And listen, I went to his house in the hills of North Carolina, the mountains of North Carolina. Uh, I'm not going to give you exactly where he lives, but he's got like a 78-acre farm. Uh, took me we'll, – we'll talk about it a little bit, but took me on a, like a four-wheel four drive tour of, of the farm, explained the history of it. Uh, had lives in this cabin that he hand-built with his family. Uh, just country, man. Mountain folk. Mountain folk. Uh, him and Warren were amazing, like like so nice and so welcoming to their to their home. Sit out on the front porch uh, with this big like apple orchard or apple whatever farm behind us, and uh, like dude, he makes me this coffee. It's not I think it's coffee or tea, uh, Native American like historical tea. Uh, that's what we're drinking through the whole thing. Uh, I call it cocaine tea, cocaine coffee. That's what I call it. But uh, but yeah, it's like some Native American. He explains it. Uh, man, it's like, it's it, what sucks is every time that I decide I'm going to do the finale, mainly because I have other stuff going on and I just need to take a break from uh, from the grind of doing an episode every week on top of everything else that I'm doing, uh, I, I always end it with a conversation that makes me want to continue going. But I promise you, I'll be back. Uh, if you want to keep up with me uh, while I'm taking this couple month, couple months off of the Tuesday special, uh, you can follow the Wrestling Open Forum show, WrestlingOpenForum.com. That's a professional wrestling podcast uh, and brand and uh, content creator that me and my friend Dutch created. Uh, you can watch it, our Wrestling Open Forum show on the High Spots Wrestling Network. But yeah, but thank you. Like This is episode 48, and uh, man, did I ever think that I was going to get to 48 whenever I started this thing? No, I don't think that's my end goal, but... Uh, it's been a journey. It's been a very fun journey, a journey of learning. And like this, this, this is a heavy wrestling. Like we talk, we talk, I don't, I don't want to say it's heavy wrestling. We talk about wrestling cause we both are a part of wrestling, but, uh, yeah, this is just a very fun conversation of two creative dudes, uh, like getting to know each other in front of a camera and, uh, picking each other's brains. And I love it. I loved every second of it. So Lyle, thank you, man. Thank you for uh, welcoming me into your home. And thank you for an amazing, amazing uh, interview. And thank you for teaching me a few things uh, and giving me, it gives you f- some, uh, some books to check out. So yeah, this is, this, this episode is what this, this show and uh, the Tuesday special is all about is the camaraderie and the conversation between two people uh, becoming friends for you guys to watch. So uh, thank you again for supporting me through 48 episodes. Uh, I promise you I'll be back. I'll, I'll be, I'll be keeping in touch with you. Throughout this downtime, uh, I want everybody. I want to make sure I put out there that I hope everyone stays safe during this pandemic. I hope we can be get back to normal at some point, but do what you can to keep yourself safe and keep others safe. Uh, that's the only way we can respect each other. So I think that's all I got for you. Uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. Is a very uh, yeah, I freaking love this episode, man. I, just, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you watch it all the way through. Uh, it's on iTunes, Stitcher, Radio. Uh, all those, all those places. Watch it on YouTube. Watch it on my Facebook page. But that's enough. I'm out of breath. It's getting late, and I want to put this bad boy out. So, without further ado, the one and only, amazing, amazing, Lyle, Super Law, Case. Love you guys. <laughs> I guess it's only fitting that I'm eating. I'm drinking out of an Ethan, <laughs> Ethan Case mug. Wouldn't have it any other way. Is this the one that heat like when it heats up? It shows the image, or is it automatically no. spread it on there? No, no, no. it's owner.
This is fully gimmicked? That's fully gimmicked, yeah. Shout out to fully gimmicked. Right? So, so to explain before, like, we're, we're starting. Uh, explain to the people what kind of, what I have in my glass. So what you're drinking is uh, Yaupon tea. And uh, Yaupon is the only uh, uh, plant in the North America that has caffeine in it. So it's uh, traditionally like a Native American thing. Uh, and if you think about it, you know, you didn't have any other type of stimulants back mm -hmm. in, you know, when Native American uh uh, you know, populated the the land. So whenever the invaders came, and <laughs> they would see them uh, drinking this plant, you know, taking the leaves off this plant and drinking it, mm -hmm. and then they would just throw up everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but the oh. deal was, oh, I, oh. I just wait to tell okay. you that. Okay. So the <laughs> deal is, that what it was was they, they they didn't realize that there was a ceremony involved in a in a, a binge drinking this stuff. Oh, okay, gotcha. So what they would do is that they would uh, literally make you know gallons and gallons of this stuff, and then. Uh, Native Americans would uh, uh, fast mm -hmm. for a number of days or however long, and then uh, and then enjoy this tea in copious amounts, and uh, it was okay. a, in effect, you know, gotcha. a stimulant. Yeah. Uh, so if you think about, you know, all the stimulants that we have in our bodies nowadays, from you know, uh, soda, caffeine, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. everything. So this is a, this was there, and, and whenever the. Uh, uh, the people saw them drinking it, and then they would immediately just throw up and just keep drinking again, and then stay up and it's party like beer. all night. Yeah, it's <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> so it's like uh, the, so this is like Native American beer. Yeah, it's, like, no, it's, Native, very, it's, it's like Native American cocaine in yes. a uh, in a liquid format. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> it's going to be an exciting day, guys. Exciting day, exciting episode of the podcast. So, <laughs> my guest on this finale episode, which I've been looking forward to this since I, I was told that I need to do this by someone <laughs> who shall remain nameless. <clears throat> It's like, listen, you need to get you need to get Lyle on the – well, he calls it – he says Super Law. Yeah. Uh, you need to get Lyle on the podcast. <laughs> it's going to be a, such a fun episode. So here we are at the complex. Yeah, at the cabin. In a farm – on an apple apple farm? Apple, there's an apple orchard. It's apple, a working uh, yeah. uh, produce farm, vegetables. There's a hay field out here. He, he took me on a four-wheel drive, which there's nothing funnier than a city boy in a Jeep <laughs> – Doing four wheel drive up mountains, like sitting <laughs> at an angle. But uh, but yeah, it's a beautiful farm. It got this beautiful backdrop for us. So I appreciate you. I appreciate. Thank yeah. you for welcoming me up here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're just gonna sit and chat. I got a lot of things I want to talk about. You can carry some conversations that you want if you want to. But uh, but yeah, one but one thing I'm gonna start with because I know this will be long winded. One thing that I know you're very passionate about from my conversations with you and people have told me that you're very passionate about is storytelling. Yeah, absolutely. So give me, uh, like, if you're, if you're my professor in college and you need to tell me, uh, give me, like, a rough estimate of your concept of storytelling. Okay. Throw so it at me. Uh, the concept that it's, it's uh, common in, like, the acting community and mm -hmm. in the writing community is to know about uh, the hero's journey. Mm -hmm. So I brought... I guess you can see this here. You can see that there. This gotcha. is Joseph Campbell, and this is the, the book is a hero with a thousand faces. Mm -hmm. And we'll start with that. Okay. <laughs> so what it says is that <clears throat> Joseph Campbell, uh, back in the twenties, thirties, forties. I'm not sure exactly when. I know this book was like in, came out in the forties. Nobody facts checks. Right. Nobody facts checks. <laughs> so <laughs> he uh, started find, doing some research on mythology. Okay. And found out that you know, uh, for example, Native American stories might have something in common with like Greek mythology. Mm -hmm. it might have something in common, or does have something in common with uh, uh, biblical stories, so to speak. And uh, and he coupled that with. Uh, Carl Jung's teachings of, you know, that everybody knows what a mother is. Yeah. So when a, you know, a child is born, it automatically knows how to, you know, suckle, mm -hmm. <laughs> how to, yeah. you know, so it just automatically knows these things. Well, in storytelling, it's the same way. There's a story that exists and it's called the hero's journey mm -hmm. and it exists in every culture. It exists in all types of mythology. And, uh, uh, a lot of movies have uh, taken uh, this format of storytelling. Certainly, it's not the only way to tell a story. But it's, is it but considered like the foundation of a good it's story? A, it is okay. absolutely the foundation of, you know, how a story rolls, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just through our human experiences of, uh, you know, a journey that we're on. You know, we're going yeah. to face trials and tribulations. We're going to have hard times. We're going to have good times. And our goal should always be to, you know, like follow our bliss. Yeah. You know, and, if, and treasures will get put in front of you. But to break it down, like... Um, it usually starts with a, with just a, a guy, just a mm -hmm. normal guy, and he gets presented with a, a situation where he can, uh, I think they uh, 
talk about uh, capturing the boon or following your bliss. Mm-hmm. And usually there's some guy that's there beside him like a, a wizard or a, it could be a, an enchanted animal or yeah. something like that that kind of guides him, you know, says you should do that, you know, and kind of is there as a mentor for him. And then he leaves on his journey. And throughout the journey, like I said, he faced trials and tribulations and uh, downfalls. And at some point, uh, he'll have a death and rebirth through some type of experience. I've explained this before as uh, uh, the Hulk Hogan being, you know, not being able to harm Hulk Hogan. He'll gain like supernatural powers, you know, whenever there's the double down. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's the easiest and most... uh, uh, understandable, recognizable, I guess, you yes. know, theory of applying this is a Hulk Hogan's comeback, you know, yes. so it's, or even whenever they drop the hands, you know, you get uh, for a count out or uh, you'll have uh, some, somehow, some way through the crowd's energy, you have mystical powers yeah. rise them from the dead, you yes. know, and then all of a sudden, no matter how hard you hit Hulk, yeah. you know, you can't hurt him. So in essence, he's telling this story, you know, of having his downfalls and trials and tribulations. But at the end of the day, you know, if he wins a match, if, mm-hmm. he, if, uh, if we're converting that into like wrestling, I didn't really do a segue there, but if we're converting this whole... Yeah. Um, well, we um, have a lot of wrestling fans that watch yeah. the podcast, so they can relate. They yeah. can't understand the concept of the story that you explained at first. This yeah. would be a good, yeah. a good way to simplify it. For yeah, them. so... Um, um, uh, it, it doesn't mean anything if he wins the belt. That that's that's great. You know he yeah. captured the boon, but at the end of the day, he has to learn a lesson. Yes. So the hero has to learn a lesson. So in Hollywood, we have uh, like Star Wars is a perfect mm-hmm. example. Sometimes uh, you know in the hero's journey, the hero is an orphan. So you have uh, Luke Skywalker. In essence, when we mm-hmm. meet him, is an orphan. You have uh, Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. It's the same exact story. Yeah. You know? So it's this, uh, this hero's That's journey. Yeah. So it's, you, so it's like the foundation of every great story. Right. Not every great story, but right. most of the great stories that came out of Hollywood. Right. So, uh, it, you know, I, I've always felt if you book around the same theory, mm-hmm. uh, book wrestling shows around the same theory, and I mean like long-term yeah. uh, booking, you know, uh, not just like for the night, but if your yeah. storytelling is, you know, advanced mm-hmm. and you're drawing out a storyline and everything, you know, this is a perfect model to use, and you can tweak it and put it wherever you want, but it's it's a model that inherently in your mm-hmm. soul and your DNA that you know. That so you can and that's, follow, yeah, you that can, you can you can follow, you can understand, from, and you yeah. can have the emotions and experience the emotions. Everybody talks about telling a story, definitely, but we don't really ever talk about you know what what does that mean? You yeah, know? and I know that I'm, I've really dumbed this down. I'm not any no, no, type no, no, of no. Uh, expert on the matter. Okay, so, yeah. <laughs> so but uh, this is what I've come to find out is that you know uh, from day one in wrestling they talk about you know you're going to go out there and you're going to tell a story. You know mm-hmm. here's how you bump, here's how you're on the ropes. Yeah. You know do this. Oh, you're you know here's how you cut a promo, but Go tell a story. I mean, nobody really talks about, you know. Well, they relate it to telling a story during a match. So yeah, exactly. It's, it's dumbed down to uh, you get your shine at the beginning, the cutoff, the heat, the hope spots. The that that's the, the way comeback. stories are right. presented to prof- to wrestlers trying starting in the in the industry. Right, and that's the, that's think, the formula. Yeah, you're taking. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're taking it to the next level. Right. Of yeah. Creating uh, actual like movie out of wrestling right it's totally possible and it's possible to do that in eight mm-hmm. to 12 minutes yeah right definitely, so, definitely. i agree so uh, uh especially for the face now we can talk uh, also about you know the flip side of that the villain's role yeah and all that's, that. what, that's what i was going to get yeah. to is something that i've kind of been playing with not in a booking sense but just trying to like play with the story is what like in hollywood since we used that example earlier the the hero always wins right and even even in like an avengers field of reference the the villain wins the day but the heroes win the war right so what like what concept or what can we learn if the villain wins the war well that's a whole other topic. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, See, and, that, and that's the beauty of this is that, mm-hmm. you know, that every character in this plays a role. Yeah. So it's like, you know, when they do win, well, we're going to come back and t- continue with the story, obviously, you know, yeah. continue with it. But if that's the end of the day, at the end of the day in wrestling, you know, do you, yeah, you want them coming back, yeah. right? But you need to need to give them some bit of hope, you know, yes. hence the dusty finish, yes. right? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so you got to give them hope no matter what, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I believe because if I wanted to go go to a wrestling show and be disappointed or go go out to see something and be disappointed, you know, yeah. I'd watch any movie made in the yeah. past 15 years, I you know, agree. so. I agree 100%. <laughs> so uh, I don't want to be disappointed when I go to a wrestling show, you Definitely. know, I want to be. So I guess uh, my point uh, with that, 
the villain plays a role, and it's important yeah. that everybody plays a role. Even the even the magician at the beginning, the wizard I talked mm-hmm. about at the beginning, that's mm-hmm. there to offer some advice. Mm-hmm. I, uh, easy way to explain that is, uh, you know, uh, Mean Gene Okerlund. Like, yeah. just imagine Mean Gene in an interview with uh, Hulk Hogan. Yeah, sitting there, he is that that wise person. What are you going to do, Hulk? Yeah. You know, it's like you know, and he's he's get there getting information. And that's one way, but in, in storytelling, one of my favorite all-time beginnings to a story, and I've had trouble finding out the history of this, but uh, Ricky Morton and Ric Flair mm-hmm. uh, started a feud uh, over a pair of sunglasses and a I, training I bra. Yes. And a training yes. bra. And I use that to, uh, as an example of how to start off a story because at the beginning of that, you know, there was an interaction. Mm-hmm. And, he ta- and Ric Flair tells Ricky Morton, you know, your, your fans wear... Uh, wear a training bra, you yeah. know, and he yeah. takes his glasses off. They have some words. He takes his glasses off his face. But what's important here is what Robert Gibson's doing. Robert Gibson in that whole scenario, go back and watch the video. Okay. He's a uh, face. He's not getting involved, but he's darn sure, you know, yeah. <laughs> right there he, telling him like, oh, you should get it, you know, yeah. you know, you, you need to do I've something about this. that into <laughs> so yeah, and if you watch the video, like like Flair and and Ricky th- start throwing down, and and yeah. Robert Gibson never gets involved. And back then, I think the philo- well the philosophy is you know the face doesn't you know that guy started. I'm not yeah. going to double team this yeah. guy. It's but not I'm, a very. But, I, if, but if the other horsemen want to get involved, right? Yeah, uh, then I'll, it's going to yeah, be right. Yeah. So in in essence, whether they knew it or not, mm-hmm. uh, they were telling the beginnings of a hero's journey. You know yeah. that Robert Gibson was the wizard. What? <laughs> yeah, you got me. Yeah, my mind working. Right. So yes. yeah. So everybody plays a role in in in, in the the match. Obviously, the referee. Yeah. You know, is a I feel is like the greatest undersold person. You know, on on any wrestling card is always the referee. But look at the storytelling that he has to do the whole time. Definitely. You yeah. know, the whole yeah. time. And he and that's what we were talking when I was talking to on to Smalls on the last podcast. Mm-hmm. I was t- he was talking about they wanted him to be a manager, and I told him that. You have to understand the role of a manager, right? Like because you can take away from the story, you can add to the story, or you can dull the story down, right? And you have to be aware. And I think Tommy Thomas is one of the best at that. Absolutely, I, I and think I think so. he he's perfected. I'm going to give that to him. He's perfected yeah. uh, the way to make his voice heard, but not overshadow. Right. Yeah. So people never forget he's there. But he never overshadows what's the the main portion of the story, which is what's in the ring. Right, he's he's part of the instrument telling yeah. the story, part of it all, you know. And, and in essence, I'm going to say this out loud. Oh, I can't believe I'm going to say it. Tommy Thompson's the wizard. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to say that. Tommy he's Thompson's the, the wizard. He's the wizard. Yeah, and in the hero's journey, he's right there. He's the wizard. He's, he is the wizard, uh, isn't he? Yeah, That's kind of never going to let us live that. Down. <laughs> he's not, but he is though. He's an integral part to storytelling. The let me see. Like that's one thing. I overlook sometimes when booking or laying out stories, but I also something I take advantage of is I love the idea of if you have a prolonged story of I don't know if this is on the same like line as what you're talking about, but you add little hints yeah. of things just that way people when people go back they say, Why did I not catch this? Why did I not catch this? And the the perfect example which I've used numerous times on wrestling podcasts is the uh explosion of the mega powers. Right. When, when, uh, like the little subtle Hogan putting his hand on Elizabeth's back, right? Hogan carrying her out, which was more obvious. But little, they did little, little things, hints, little yeah. things that were triggering mm. Macho to where you didn't really, when you're watching it live, which I don't even know if I was real. I, I know I didn't have the mind to follow it, right, To right. the extent they wanted you to uh, back then, but even when I watch it live, like follow it now. Like even though I know what happens, it's little things that you can always pick out that mm-hmm. they put in there, and that's that's why that storyline was so good. I don't a portion of it was because you have the two of the top guys right. in the business uh, going after each other, two of the top faces for that matter. Right. But another is like that that attention to detail. Right. Teasing is, it. Yeah, in story. Yeah. And that's what a lot of independent companies forget. Mm-hmm. A lot of independent companies are like, well, this guy's available next next month, so we're just going to put him over so because he's going to be back next month. Right. As we're, instead of putting in some time and effort and saying, okay, well, if he's not available next month, then he's available the month after. Right. How can we build a story to where he's not here that mm-hmm. next month, and then we bring it back and make some money with it or get the people in, intrigued in the character and right. the person? I have a, a concept about, like, those stories with these guys that are available. We, mm-hmm. we have still being able to accomplish that is the first thing, like, whenever people tell you, you know, like, you got, you're facing this person. Yeah. 
And the first question out of your first thing out of your mouth should be, "What's the story we're going to tell tonight?" Mm -hmm. Not like who's going over, yeah. you know. This it's like, "What's the story we're going to yes. tell?" And I encourage people to keep a notebook, you know, and write mm -hmm. that down. The story we're going to tell down it tonight, and this is a this is a good indie indie riffic one, is uh, somebody can chop really hard, right? So we disable their hand, you know. They, they inadvertently just they end up Drake. chopping, yeah, right? That guy, <laughs> right? So yeah. yeah. So anytime that that for example, perfect yes, example, Drake Drake. Uh, 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 will ultimately end up chopping the ring post, yeah. you know, and he has disabled he his hand, chop. and now it can be worked, you know. And so there, in essence, is a story that you know that we can work with. So I encourage everybody to have those, you know, and 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 don't be afraid, you know, if you're in one place, if you're not like televised and you're doing house shows and everything, mm -hmm. no, you'd be afraid to practice at other places. Yeah. You know, everybody yeah. does that. Definitely. You know, practice that same match, not maybe not necessarily you know, down yeah. to the T, but exactly certainly that same you, story. You can perfect the craft of that right. story. I mean, yeah. that's that's one thing. I teach is well. Let me get let me get your opinion on this. Not to change the subject. Do you do you like sending people into matches, declaring outright who the face in the heel is? No, because that can change. Yeah, at okay. any given second, that can change. You can walk outside and. And just, you know, it, a, a pretty boy face, yeah. uh, you know, might walk out the door and immediately get booed. And we've yeah. got to flip-flop that. So that's going to be a good segue into mm -hmm. what I believe about training, okay. <laughs> about it being able to improv and, and to do improv improvisational. Can I say that right? Yeah. yeah. yeah things, you know, improvisational. So, you'll probably say it, but improvisational. Yes. Uh -huh. uh, d uh, things, <laughs> we'll you know, in the ring, like yeah. knowing that you that that's, this is not going to work. The story we thought we were going to tell is not going to work. So what do we do? You now – do you think, which well to to finish that point, I feel like people people give me that deer in headlights look when they say, "Okay, is it my heel or face today?" And I say, "Neither." And they're like, "What?" I like the idea, and I think that I don't use this reference with them, but I use this reference on this podcast. The reason that the UFC got not has but got a lot of publicity was because a they used the WWE marketing system better than WWE use it. Mm -hmm. And B, you sometimes you distinguish who the heel in the face is, like a McGregor, but people are going to love McGregor because he talks shit. Right. And it's, it's but it's He's two individuals. It's two individuals that have fan bases or that are fighters mm -hmm. that are trying to win. Right. That's the story. Right. Not that this one's an asshole. This one loves his wife. And like, there's no, there's none of that. Right. It's just listen. You got two competitors mm -hmm. going into the octagon. One of them's gonna win. One of them's gonna lose. And that's what I love about that. And that's why, that's why I've always held on to that concept of, like, just feel the crowd. Yeah. But some people can't because, and we'll get, and that's where we'll lead yeah. into the training. Yeah. It's feel the crowd. If you can't feel the crowd, I'm putting you in there with somebody that can. Right. So follow their lead. Right. And then we'll distinguish after how the crowd reacts. How how you how your movements are mm -hmm. how how everything whether you need to continue down this road of having arrogance or being an asshole right. or coming back and being the good guy right that, then we'll go then well, we'll figure out our route like uh, with Conor McGregor uh, uh, I equate him to uh, Eddie Guerrero in a, yes. in a weird kind of way because mm -hmm. like you know, we all can recognize that cheating and stealing is not a good thing to do as yeah. a human being yet he become an anti-hero because of it. So that's yeah. a whole nother facet of storytelling. The anti-hero, you know, the Stone Cold yes, is an anti-hero. You know, definitely. Uh, the Punisher is an anti-hero. They, they you get know, picked does, up as a hero. Yeah, yeah, they get picked up as the, a So that's a whole nother. Well, the, the interesting concept about that is if you, and this might just be the human brain and how society is, if you talk shit and you don't back it up, you're an asshole. Right. If you talk shit and you do back it up, right, you're the greatest. Right. It's, yeah. It's an interesting concept. But we're we're amused whenever someone talks shit and can't back it up and we, yes. and they they get publicly humiliated, yes. you know, acting, you know, publicly yeah. humiliated over the fact, you know, we're amused by that. So mm -hmm. in essence it's a it's all about stir, you know, what emotions you're going to stir. We all want to see that smug bastard get smacked, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. We all want to see that, you know, and it's goes back to that. Uh, the Definitely. always back to what is the story. And that um, falls back into prolonged storytelling. Right. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so moving to training. Oh, yeah. So a lot of guys uh, in, in wrestling will do uh, – oh, have nights where they practice promos and yeah. everything. And, and any decent uh, training company will, will, you know, have you continuously yeah. practice promos. Mm -hmm. And the first time that you get out in front of a crowd and you're on a microphone, you know, it can be a little unnerving if yeah. you're not uh, uh, used to that. So I, I'm encouraging people to do things – 
uh, outside of the box. Mm -hmm. So in where I'm located, I'm like 20 miles from Asheville. So they have open mic comedy nights all the time. And they're always looking for people to come up and everything. Huh? They're terrified. Right. Yeah. And they're, (laughs) I've I've done it. I've done it. Have you done it? I've done one. And so let's hear a story. Huh? Okay. So um, you tell me a story. I'll tell you mine. Okay. I'll I'll tell you. Oh, okay. I'm going to tell this story and it's going to be kind of racy. It's a little racy, but it's okay. Not racy, but it's a little uh, like sketchy. Yeah, but it's okay. 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 I, okay. I get away with it. Okay. Okay. So uh, with uh, <laughs> doing stand up stuff, I, my point before I start is uh, uh, that they have a lot of times, and you could go there and just say, "Hey, I'm a wrestler, and I need to work on my promos, and I'm going to cut a semi funny yeah. promo in yeah. front of this crowd for five minutes." Oh, and they're like, "Cool." Yeah, and they're just oh, like, "Sure, awesome. that would be great." I don't know anybody in Asheville now, and in more places where, of course, it's organized, you know. But there's a lot of clubs that are like loose like that. That are mm-hmm. uh, usually it's like one comedian coming on and and doing things. But my first time telling the story, uh, my very first joke as uh, um, uh <laughs> doing stand up uh, yeah. was like this. So You're venturing to stand up. <laughs> my venture into stand up started and ended in this joke. Yeah. So we travel a lot and we're always on the interstate. And I've noticed that a lot of times there'll be pull offs that are like shut down. Mm-hmm. There's no like rest area there. There's no no building. Yeah. It's just a pull off. And they've always got a link, you know, a chain across that says no trespassing. And <laughs> we've passed these in all different kinds of states. Oh, uh, all up and down the coast. Yeah. And I'm always curious about, you know, exactly why they have them chained off like that. And I can only come up with one answer. Butt fucking. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. It is funny. I'm not wrong. Did it it hit? I don't think I'm wrong. Oh, yeah, it hit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'm wrong either. (laughs) Now that I think about it. (laughs) That's why I think they're shut down. Yeah. Like truckers? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just people just pulling off the side of the road and just doing. Yeah. That. We yeah. got it. We got to get it in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They got a secret way. Uh, something like that. I did <laughs> like. <laughs> I've done stand up. I did stand up for like a couple months, and the re- only reason I did it is because me and Jake Manning run a comedy show at awesome? Cabarrus. Yeah. He is awesome. I love Jake. Uh, and you in like anybody that hasn't seen Jake do stand up, I mm-hmm. encourage you to go see Jake do stand right. up because I I saw it in its infancy, like mm-hmm. when he first started at Tremont. I went and saw a show, and he like I he wasn't great. He wasn't. I mean, he he might have not even been good, but I could understand what he was trying to do. Right. So and th- and that's inspiring to me because he's got a he's got the balls to get up there right and do it when he hasn't like he's just trying. Yeah. And uh and that's what intrigued me to it. And then I had the opportunity. Like Cabarrus came to me and was like, "What do you think we could do to draw some people during the week?" And I said, "A comedy show." Right. And they were like, "Okay, well, I'm game. Let's do it." And I said, "Well, I need. I don't know any comedians, but I do know somebody that can help me book who's who books successful comedy shows all right. over Charlotte." And it was Jake. So I called Jake, and me and him have joint promoted this thing for two two years now. But the thing about it is, when when you sit there and watch people consistently month after month after month mm-hmm. do stand up, you you start to say. I think I can do this. Right? Like, yeah. I'm, I know I'm not going to be good at start, but I <laughs> right. think I can figure this out. So I get in. Uh, my first one was at Cabarrus, of course, and people knew me, so it went pretty well. And then I was like, oh, I can do this definitely. So then I went to Evening Muse because Jake invited me to open mic and yeah. just blew. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> then my son was born, and I had, while he was in the hospital, how good of a dad I am, which granted, I was getting paid because I had to put the show on. So I do all the production for the shows. Right. So I had to be there. Well, the my son was born like on a Monday or Tuesday. And then on the third, that Thursday, we had the comedy show. So uh, my girlfriend gave me the okay that just go do it, come right back. So I go down there and, I, and I'm like the first and I'm leaving after I do my set. I'm the second, maybe. Dude, my anxiety was <laughs> insane. Right. Like the most anxiety I've ever had in my entire life. And I went up there, and I don't even remember what the fuck I said. I don't even know if I made a joke. Right. I just remember one of the girls that I know that are, that are part of the comedy scene in Charlotte, like, came off. And I was like, I got to get back to the hospital. And I said, that was terrible, wasn't it? She goes, I don't even know what the fuck just happened. <laughs> right. And that was the last time I ever did comedy. <laughs> and, it's tough. Oh, oh, and that's, like, it's terrifying. But what a better way to, like, develop oh, a character. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, and, but like, that helped free. me. Yeah, feel now free. very rarely do I ever have to get in front of the crowd and talk. Right. But when I do... What I love about it, and when when you can tell one of the things, I'm not going to say the obvious sign, but one of the things I can tell about when someone is a professional at, mm-hmm. at wrestling 
is when you get in the ring with them and you look at them and you can tell that they're they're one hundred percent in what they're doing. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you can look like one like one example, and I know I put them over all the time, but one example is John Schuyler. Yeah, oh, yeah. Corey Hollis, mm-hmm. TJ Boss, Tommy Thomas. Those are four. I said I was gonna give one. Those are four yeah. examples of people that I've been in the ring with, and I looked in their eyes, and I've looked in their eyes. All oh, yeah. the time, like talking to them <laughs> backstage, and it's not the same person. I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, right? it's, not the same, yeah. it's not the same person. And yeah, Ethan and I have several stories yes. like that Ethan's, where he's like, Ethan's "What did I one. do?" I'm Ethan's like, "I'm, I'm all about that eye contact." Yeah. Even I mean, in normal life, I'm about the yeah. eye contact. Well, but in wrestling, you talk with your eyes. Yeah, yeah, like you, and you, just uh, those micro expressions, you yes. know, uh, mean a lot, and uh, you know ha- what you do, and uh, you know we don't always get taught that. No, you that's know? what I think. A lot of uh, even even the schools that are widely praised Mm -hmm. i think lose something by not making that like a mandatory thing for graduation right it's always been in the that's mean it's always been a matter of can you bump can you take arm drags right take a body slam all right kid i think you're Mm -hmm. ready you're gonna go out and have a five minute match just listen to this right and then you just roll from there. And yeah. from that point on, you you get bookings that you can. It's usually mm-hmm. like when I came up and probably when you came up, which is a little bit before me, which is when did you, when did you start? Uh, 98, 99. Okay, so yeah. I started in 2003-ish. Mm-hmm. So like it was you get, you, get, you get with somebody, your trainer or whatever, then he takes you to shows. Right. And that's how you get your shots. That's right. how you get your work. And you just continuously, and 90% of the time, you're, tra- you're wrestling him. Right. And just so he can body slam around. He don't right. take any bumps. He can do whatever. I get it. I get it. That's that's the way you train, and that's why you get good, and that's why you get bumps, mm-hmm. and you and your body gets accustomed to it. Right. But I think from that point on, it's lost in the promos. It is, and in the reading the crowd and interaction with the crowd. Yeah, Just because a minor you can't, interaction. And I know experience teaches you that, and ring time teaches mm-hmm. you that in front of crowds. But at some point in training, like we shouldn't, we shouldn't make, have WWE's performance center. Be the to be all end be all. Te- right. It will be the t- give us a template of how yeah. to train wrestlers. Right. right, exactly. And that, like that, I, I like that you said that because I do think there needs to be more of an emphasis on that right. because that's such a big part of wrestling now because mm-hmm. of media. Back in the day, it, not so much right. because you just walk out in front of this little banner mm-hmm. and cut a promo, then go to the ring, and everybody wants to see you wrestle. Not really, everybody wants to see you talk. Right. Now with all media, with mm-hmm. social media, you can put out your own promos. You don't have to really go through merch. Yeah, <laughs> merch. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many other aspects. And yeah. I don't think training schools, which I can't speak on ones I don't know of. I know training schools around the Charlotte area, like leave a lot out. Yeah. And focus just on the sole uh like the foundation of just knowing the knowing the context of a yeah. match, knowing how to successfully pull off a match. Right. And knowing how to distinguish if you're a face or a heel. Right. Just like perfect example. Anybody that just came out of training school, uh, pretty much anywhere in the world, I'm, I'm okay with saying that, is going to come out. If they're told they're going to be healed, they're going to come out and they're immediately going to start talking shit to the crowd. Right. Like, and, and you can tell. I can, you have, you, Shut you, up, you don't even have to get, yeah, you don't oh, even have to get in the it. ring. You're going to walk out. The first kid you see, you're going to be like, Shut up. Sit down. Sit down. And, and you're like, okay. Or I in Johnny see. Small's case, you tell him to stand up, yeah, right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> and, it's, and you're just like, okay, now I, I can see just from that action yeah. where you are. Yeah. And like, in if, if you had my theory, and then I'll shut up because people don't want to hear me talk. They, want, they, they watch this, they <laughs> hear you talk. My theory is first thing you do when you walk through a curtain is establish dominance Yeah. over the crowd. Establish your stardom. Body language. Exactly. Yeah, with body language. And that's one thing I struggled with when I was a wrestler. That's why I, I, I'm such a proponent of it right. is, is when you walk through the curtain and the crowd sees you for the first time, that's their first and that might be their first impression. That's definitely their first impression of you that day. Right. So there's going to be somebody in the crowd that's never seen you before. Right. So you have to establish that dominance that I'm the star that you're here to see. And begin telling the story as yeah, soon as they exactly, see you. That's, exactly. that's the beginning Carry, of the yes. journey. That's Carry the that beginning of the journey. you walk through the curtain until you walk back. All the way, yes, yeah. Exactly. So that's that's the journey. That's part of that is is the beginning, right? Definitely. you got to have a beginning. So Definitely. that's where it starts. Yep. And the first moments that they see you. Uh, I know uh, here's my chance to uh, get the shout out. I know uh, Palmetto mm-hmm. Championship Academy with mm-hmm. uh, our, our Palmetto Wrestling Academy. 
uh, Ethan Case's school. I know they really put a lot of emphasis on you yeah. know being being show ready. Yeah. I mean, and Ethan I can have remember, had many conversations. About right, that. I can remember having to wrestle. I want to tell a story about okay. just uh, about how hard it was for Ethan to get involved in things mm-hmm. right off the bat. And you were talking about that, having to go around and wrestle, yeah. you know, the guys that you knew and stuff yeah. and your trainer, so to speak and everything. Is this when is the Ho- Yoshi Hiroshima? Yeah. During that time period. Mm-hmm. And, um, I can, I v- vividly remember going to a locker room and him being told that he had to change in the hallway. Really? Yeah. And they made him change in the hallway. They wouldn't let mm-hmm. him enter everything. So if you want to talk about like, people are like, you know, how to pay my dues. I'm like, have you ever been made to change in the hallway? Yeah. You know, I'm I'm like, uh, you, when, you know, that whole paying your dues thing, mm-hmm. it kind of irks me, you know, sometimes yeah. because that's just a lot more than, than just that. Now, I don't subscribe to yeah. that. To that, uh, That's kind of fr- frat boyish yeah. behavior to yeah, me. Yeah. I don't subscribe to that. But however, when people talk about it, that's the kind of things, you know, that happened. It wasn't just yeah. ribs. It wasn't just, you know, things of that nature. They just literally wouldn't let him change. You yeah. Know? And now... You know, he took took that, learned from that. I'll consider yeah, that, I'm, you know, and, and going back with the hero's journey, I, I consider that as a personal hero's journey, you know, yes, like, like yes. you know, That's him overcoming things. You know, he'll, he'll encounter, I hate to use him, you know, <laughs> I didn't mean to use him as no, an no, example, no, 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 but, but as, a, as, as a personal struggle, you know, you'll experience things in your life and your career. And uh, uh, the at the end of the day, it's like, how bad do you want it? Should you follow your bliss? Exactly. You know, or what are you yeah, after? And it's almost going back to, like you said, the hero's journey. You almost have to have to experience that to build your build your skin, like thicken your yeah, skin enough yeah. to get to where where you've gotten. And Ethan's been very successful yeah, with what he's and, done. And and on top of that, he's he's instituted a, a culture change. Yeah. With that, and uh, this past two weeks, we've seen a massive culture change in yes. the uh, in the wrestling community. Yes. Uh, so you know, I'm all about that culture change. You know, mm-hmm. people are, well back when I wrestled, oh, fuck that. Yeah, you know, no, no, it's, out, it's, it's like, an outdated let's, mindset. Let's let's tell a story. You know, yeah. let's let's entertain people because you know, folks that come to these things, let, let let's face it, they you come to be entertained. Yeah. You know, if you was generally always happy and everything, you would have no need to be entertained. Yes. People have bills, you know, people yeah. have problems and strifes, and they want to, you know, there's an innermost desire. To uh, uh, you know, be elated. Yes. You know, to be, however, and, so I and, know I might have jumped around no, no, a little no, bit you're there. Fine. But. In professional wrestling, you should be judged by what every other place of business or a business uh, setting is judged by, and that's your talent. Yeah, absolutely. Like yes, yes, you you might be upset that anyone can go pay for a wrestling school and and get trained mm-hmm. but anyone can go run routes on a football field right anyone yeah. can go to a outdoor basketball court or an indoor gym and shoot basketball right that doesn't mean they're going to get to the nba mm-hmm. that doesn't mean they're going to play for college or high school and the thing is is if you don't have the talent this and, and once again this is where you also have to hold if you're a booker or you book a the territory, not territory. What the fuck? So you got me going ah. back. You book, and you book a you book a show. You yeah. book you book a company. Mm-hmm. Then you have to set your standard for expectations. Yeah. But based on talent, based on professionalism, based mm-hmm. on uh, respect for each other, absolutely. And I think that ultimately, if you do that, it doesn't take weeding out the weak by hazing them or right. or doing stuff like making you, them change. You know what makes it better? Mm-hmm. Making them multifaceted. Yes. Okay. So guy can wrestle. Can he? Does he know how to run our, our sound soundboard? Yeah, exactly. You know, does he know how to run this? You know, d- d- video. Mm-hmm. You know, how does how does the ring go together? You know, I'm, do we I'll know give, how to quick fix on things? I'm all about that being multi people, Three people, uh, shout out. Uh, they're all from South Carolina that have come to me. It's TK Stark, Josh mm-hmm. Powers, and Cody uh, Fluffman. Right. Yeah. All of them have come to me at PWX shows. They were not booked on mm-hmm. and said, "Can I sit with you?" To right. see how you do everything, mm-hmm. I, tr- I, I don't want to do anything. I know you have your team. I just mm-hmm. want to sit and see, see there, and, yeah, and that that's inspiring to me. Yeah. So if you just wrestle, you know, mm-hmm. and you're uh, that's one thing. Yeah. But today, you know, there's a lot of wrestle wrestlers come, coming back. You know, and yeah. there's going to be a, a, you know, there is a resurgence, and and mm-hmm. so you make yourself multifaceted. You know, exactly. make it, make yourself involved in, a, you know, writing a storyline if you're if you have that capability. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, I think I talked about earlier, asked you about Jimmy Jacobs. So I don't know yeah. what he's doing right now, but I know he wrote oh, yeah. for a while. Oh, yeah. I know he's, he's gone One and, of the most and everything. Creative. So he bummed cigarettes from me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a, yeah. <laughs> I, I love Jimmy Jacobs. Oh. But they, I'm, I'm a perfect example of this, mm-hmm. of this mindset is 
like when I started wrestling, I wanted to be a wrestler. Yeah. That's what I wanted to do. Uh, not even realizing that my journey would take me to a completely opposite end of the spectrum when it right. comes to professional wrestling. Yeah. And that it, things that inspired me outside of wrestling were ultimately got me the most success in wrestling. Right. And that's like, yeah, I could, I could, I like to say that because I am, I literally yeah. am the perfect. Absolutely. Yeah. I can't like, even though I'm supposed to wrestle again, more of a fight with right. Corey yeah. whenever we, but I'm not a wrestler anymore. Right. Like, I'm, I'm the production guy. Mm -hmm. I'm, and that's what I, that's what I like try to perfect. Right. And hopefully I try to do a good job. I yeah. think I do. But and, yeah. and at some point the goal I think for, for me, the boon, mm -hmm. the bliss would be to be able to give that back. Yes. Like you were saying, you know, Definitely. teaching those guys, you know, letting those guys watch and, and mm -hmm. educate. And hence, guess what? You just become the wizard. Oh, what? I'm the wizard now. <laughs> You're the wizard now, Gandalf right? The so, yeah. So, that's how this, the, the, that's the, how innate, the story, re the like innate recreates, story yeah. recreates itself over and over and over in life in general. Yeah. So. And that's like, that's one thing that I've had the most struggle with, not necessarily now, but over the past couple of years is delegating. Right. Like, I always fight, and I still, and I still fight that too. That's one of my demons is uh, that I, I de I've learned to delegate to people that are, that are good enough to do it to yeah. the, my expectation. Right. Which is a leader. Yeah. And running, a, running a company. Yeah. But exactly. yeah, but I'm not, that's, that's all I'm putting myself over for. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. Oh, but continuing on with like, uh, uh training. Yeah. And we, I talked about the, uh, the, the stand up, and you talked about social media, mm -hmm. uh, a good, a really good example of, of someone I see, uh, using that right now and has been, and been toying with it for years is, a. Josh, Cut Josh Cutshaw's yeah. uh, development of his character yes. and creating these uh, videos that are mm -hmm. fucking hilarious. Yeah. So, and I've, I've encouraged him to do that. Another thing. I was uh, going to say another person is Drew Adler. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we talk about micro expressions. Yes. He's got, you know, oh, he's got good, insane. like. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I love to watch uh, his character development oh, yeah. also. It's, and it's gone from, like, within the past two years. Mm -hmm. It's insane how much he's grown <laughs> as a character. Right. He's always been a good wrestler. Oh, yeah, yeah. Always. And he's put in the time to be a great wrestler, but his character development mm -hmm. over the past two years has been amazing. Right. And I'm a sucker for a gimmick. I oh, am yeah. a sucker for a gimmick. You yeah. know, that's always going to stand out to me more. I'm going to remember that. I used to have a saying like people talk about like, I want to have match of the night. I want to have the match of the night. Mm -hmm. My my whole philosophy was I want to be the one they're talking about on Monday morning. Yeah. You know, a Monday morning around the cooler, like a something that happened. And, and something yeah. we talked about earlier too, creating a moment. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to, you know, I've seen, here's a good example. Uh, Ethan wrestled, who did Ethan wrestle at the beginning of uh, 16? Um, oh, what's her name? No, it was it wasn't Tessa. Uh, uh no. Uh, the girl? Yes, Savannah. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Savannah. So, and it yeah. was an oh, excellent, yeah, yeah, yeah. fun yeah. match. But but the highlight, and I know I keep using Ethan because I'm going to. And I'm going to keep pushing. <laughs> but the highlight of that match for me was not all these amazing things that they did. There was a point where they stared at each other, and both of them had their hair up in a top knot. Yeah. They reached up at the same time. Yeah. And tighten their hairband down, mm -hmm. giving them what mystical powers, exactly. right? So exactly. it gave them mystical powers in the ring, and they were able to continue fighting and fighting again. That was a moment. And what what people don't know is like we had been going back and forth where we, whether we we had no problem doing intergender wrestling right. on the pure shows, but we wanted to do it on a PWX show, right? And like regardless of your belief system, it is a fact that if you do intergender wrestling in the South, you're going to get some kickback. Yeah. It's not really what we were scared of. It it was more of we're trying to build Rachel or Savannah yeah. to to a level that she can be a star. Right. And she she has the ability. It's just our now it's our responsibility to get her there. Exactly. From through booking. And we didn't want it to hurt her. And oh. that was one thing that was one conversation I had with Ethan before we put it out there was this is what we want for Savannah. We believe you're the guy that can do it. Mm -hmm. That can that she, you'll protect her, you'll protect the story, and you will make her look like a million dollars because that's what we need to do right. against against the male. Mm -hmm. And he did it. And yeah. it's like I love that match. Just like one, like completely different because the way they set they structured the match. And I didn't have this talk with them was Cedric and Tessa. Right, I did not. See, and I that was seen the, that X, the first X sixteen. Okay, and like it was. I mean, you say what you say about whatever what everything that's going on now, but yeah. that like they had trained together forever, yeah, and they knew each other, and 
it's completely different story they told than Ethan and Savannah. Mm-hmm. But once again, it, it set Tessa up to be a star right. in, in, in our industry. Here's the way I look at that whole well, the intergender thing. Mm-hmm. I like the Avengers movies. Yeah. I'm a Black Widow fan. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, I, I don't know why like they're performers. So, they're performing. I, yeah, I don't they're know performing. Why. It's an art. And I understand that that hanging on to uh, you know, past it's just, things. It's just, I think it I falls it. into the fact that some people still look at professional wrestling as a sport. Right. And it is a sport, mm-hmm. but then they'll they'll use the the example of you wouldn't put a, a girl UFC fighter in with a guy UFC fighter. Right. Well, it's well like, that's, that's, that's not even the not same. UFC. It's, yeah, it's, this it's literally is, apples and oranges. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. But that's but that's what they use. <laughs> you, you would put a WNBA team play an NBA right. team. It's like this is performance art. Right. That's what it is. Oh, MMA I don't like, guys. I don't like to say that it, it's not fake. Mm-hmm. It, 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 you can say it's scripted. What it is is performance it's art. Performance it's a play. Art. I've always it's, said it's performance yeah, art. It, the, always. The wrestling ring is a stage mm-hmm. and, and these are these are your participants this, your in mind. that world. It's a temple. Oh. What if it's a ceremony and it's a temple, right? Oh. Oh, and you're evoking emotions. I, like I can get real deep like on that, that if you like want, that. right? Because <laughs> when we talk about people in a room have energy, right? Yes. So yeah, so in essence, you can be in the ring creating, having a a ceremony, yeah. you know, so it True. can literally be a temple where you evoke emotions from Definitely. the crowd. What? And that's looking at it from it an is. esoterical standpoint. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you get a bunch that's of people awesome. that are really angry, then, you know, the tendency is that the the angry vibe circulates yeah. around. So say uh, if you have somebody that's, that's uh, it's a really happy moment, mm-hmm. then that vibe circulates. You yeah. see it, you know, yeah. you see it as we're tearing down chairs, Definitely. you know, even, you know, Definitely. or whatever you see people that. So in and essence, and, yeah. we can call that. A temple yeah. and a ceremony. I even, like it, right? But it is performance art. I'm I absolutely yeah. think it's performance art. I, uh, and uh, a you know, huge fan of of uh, taking that, yeah, and telling the story. Yeah, if you like if you like that form of art, yeah, just like if you like going to Broadway and watching a play, absolutely, it's the same concept. Yeah, it's just ticket prices are a lot lower. Yeah, <laughs> professional wrestling. Some, but, some of them are. Um, so there was oh, there's one other thing I want to bring yeah. up too. Throw it up here. Um, this book. I'm encouraging everybody to find this book. I'm going to hold it right here for a minute. Okay. Here, All put right. it back here. And you pulled it. We'll do it right, right there. Here. Yeah. There we go. So it's the comic book story of professional uh, wrestling history. Uh, the comic book story of professional wrestling. It basically starts at the beginnings of uh, professional wrestling with carnivals mm-hmm. and uh, goes through and it tells different stories throughout all history. So I, I can remember... Um, uh, I guess uh, early 2000s, somewhere mm-hmm. around there, and we were wrestling with these guys that were a big deal around here at the time, and I've seen a million of those flash in the pans, you know, that uh, they get big for a little while, and then they just disappear, and they turn just jaded and everything. Yeah. But these guys that were wrestling with uh, – Larry Zabisco was in the – in the uh, on the card that night as yeah. a special guest or something, they had no idea who he was, oh. and they were you know wrestling the Hardys and stuff yeah. at that time. And uh, so I I'll always remember that you know you got to know your wrestling history. Yeah, you, know, you can't get into the thing. You know you don't have to be a scholar in it. Yeah, but you know you need to know. And there's a and we're at a point now where we've collected so much data that technically mm-hmm. you can be a scholar on it. Yeah, there are scholars uh, 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 using um, wrestling terms. Uh, uh, Eric Weinstein uh, mm-hmm. is a podcaster. He's yeah. a, uh, some type of physicist, you know. Yeah. So he's always does like Joe Rogan podcasts and oh, stuff. Yeah. But he talks about using the term kayfabe as, and applying it to science. You know mm-hmm. the secrets that we keep in government. Uh, yeah, in government. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, you know we've got these people that, that apply this. But anyway, my point is is that this book is uh, uh, like a, a quick, quick, brief overview of wrestling history, and it's mm-hmm. done really well. Um, I, I think uh, my, my yeah, I, I believe so. My yeah. uh, my oldest son uh, Riley uh, had saw it. I think on a Colt Cabana podcast and got gotcha. it for me for Christmas okay. a couple of years ago. And I've carried that thing with me everywhere, trying to tell tell people about it, oh, it. because the it, it goes through. Uh, you're fine. Goes through uh, Japanese, uh, British, a lot on British wrestling. A, a lot on um, uh, like the whole carnival aspect of how yeah. it started it and everything. You, well. Especially like with what's going on in society today, mm-hmm. the best thing you can do about anything is get educated on the history of yeah. it. Yeah, and this goes all the way up to the Bullet Club. The, really? Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, it, it, that's it, it's pretty mo- you know goes pr- rather modern. Yeah. Uh, like I just flipped through that's one awesome. of the cells was uh, uh they'll take uh, 
moments. Yeah. So do you remember mm-hmm. with the rock and man, mankind with the 11, 14 hits yeah. to the head yeah. while he was handcuffed? I don't remember the yes. pay-per-view that it was on. But it, it was, was on the def- Beyond the Mat. It was on Beyond the Mat, too. There, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, and he's just beat open and everything. So that's a, like one cell that was gotcha. I just happened to see going through there. Gotcha. That it, like, you know, we'll talk about this moment in history and yeah. all these defining moments like we were moment, yeah. talking about. You know, creating well, what, a moment. I don't, that was a harsh moment. I but. can't. Yeah, I can't remember <laughs> – it might have been uh, I don't I don't want to say it was Bruce Pritchard's podcast. One of the podcasts we're talking about it might have been an article is like WWE has sold moments for yeah. so long, and it's incredible that other companies can't get on board with that. Mm-hmm. Like overlook that ask that like minute detail mm-hmm. about how they tell their stories. Well, you've you've told one of the greatest around Mid Atlantic area with the uh, um, the hurricane. Yeah, at the uh, at the uh, the rumble. Yeah, yeah, as number thirty. That's mm-hmm. a that's a moment. You oh know, yeah, that's a mo- that's a local you know, or I say mid Atlantic moment that's forever etched into anybody that knows about it, heard about it. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, you, you can even just tell that Definitely. that story, and it creates a moment. You yeah. Know, so. And it's and that goes back to not not to get too into the weeds about independent wrestling, but like. I, once again, I love Shane to death. Like mm. Shane's one of the one of the good guys in wrestling, and like it's not cheap to bring Shane in, right? But that's that's to put over Brian for a second. Brian understood that could be a moment, mm-hmm. and and we like I talked about this on on uh, the podcast with Smalls is like at PWX we that's what we live for is to give people a moment. That's what the whole Liger thing was mm-hmm. about was. If we can, if we can create an opportunity for somebody to experience this that never thought they'd experience right. in their life, it's the equivalent to me having a child. Yeah. It's whenever, whenever everybody asks me, like, when you, when you had, when your son was born, like, what, or when you found out your girlfriend was pregnant, or I should say, when your son was born, because things can happen between when you find out and when he's born. Yeah. When your son was born, he was healthy. Like, what went through your mind? And I said it was the best analogy that I can give you is you've heard of a roller coaster all your life, <laughs> but you've been told, like, you're probably not going to get to ride it. And you say, okay, and you've already come to terms with, listen, that looks like it'd be amazing, <laughs> but I understand that yeah. I'll never be there and I'll never get to ride it. Mm-hmm. And then one day somebody's like, you know what? There's your ticket. Go take that right. ride. And oh, you're wow. just like, oh, oh wow. wow, good segue. Wow, good segue. <laughs> yeah, so I'm a huge Hunter S. Thompson fan, right? So mm-hmm. Hunter S. Thompson says you should always buy the ticket, take the ride. Yeah. And I'm all about that, you know, and there's other, you know, and keep that throughout life. Oh, buy the ticket, take the ride. You know, if you got a chance to go to the, uh, you know, say you're hiking's your thing and you get yeah. a chance to do some amazing trail that you've yes. always wanted to do. Do it. Definitely. You know, what is stopping you? You know, if it's if it's if it's money, then make enough money to do it. You yeah. know, if it, if it's uh your physical ability, then get in shape to do it. You know, yeah. seek that boon, Definitely. right? Definitely. Right. Uh, follow your bliss. Definitely. And uh, I'm a firm believer in the buy the ticket, take the ride. I've done some things uh, that I've experienced even and continue to experience mm-hmm. to this day. Not well, COVID slowed it down obviously yeah, of course but uh you know uh, traveling the united states do it. we did a uh, uh, food for a living at mm-hmm. uh, different like medieval events mm-hmm. and uh different raves and mm-hmm. secret raves in the woods and stuff like that and we've met a whole new slew of people a whole nother subcultures yeah that uh that are out there and uh it's like i'd only heard about some of these things and it's like maybe we should check them out buy the ticket definitely take the ride but don't be afraid <laughs> to broaden your, spe- your no. spectrum because the like some of the best people that I've met are doing things that I didn't know that I wanted to do. Like, right. like that it's just out on a whim, like, let's go do this. And I, and this is how I'm going to transition this before we take it home is I want to talk about LARPing. Yeah. With you. Yeah. Let's do that. I'm so fascinated. Let's do this. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like you go, that's, that's one thing about when all this stuff happened, uh, like the COVID stuff is you realize the sense of community and family with mm-hmm. wrestling. Right, they, not 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 just the boys and girls in the locker room or their staff, mm-hmm. but just the fans. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've made it a point to say, like I miss seeing faces. You know who I like? Who know I miss? Who? Seth Webb. 
Yes. You know, I'm, I miss seeing his face at, at shows yeah. and everything. And yes, you're exactly right, you know. And I miss seeing them. And then, of course, like I, like I told Smalls, every, everybody, because I look like a total asshole in days <laughs> of shows because I have so much on my brain and I'm thinking right. and I'm making sure everything's going. And I promise you, you can say hey to me and I will say hey and I'll talk to you. Right. Like Seth, I remember I sat and talked with Seth and get, the last time we were in Gastonia for like 15 minutes because we had caught up on everything and we're good and we were good and we still had like 45 minutes. And he goes, and he put like online – uh yeah that was had the longest conversation I've ever had with Patrick mm. uh and like it, I don't want I don't want to be the guy that that means so much to you right. but that's what it's all about community yeah it's, it's about all about that, just that, that seeing people and having the having a one thing that I'm not just saying this because we promote it but ha- it, it could be a concert it can be a comedy show it can be just like barbecue larping it can be larping <laughs> but just uh just an atmosphere where everybody is loves this thing yeah and you share that love with other people yeah for this what one you're doing. particular and it's usually yes. I, I, it's, it's an art form you know yeah so it's, it's like, always yeah it's usually appreciation because that's some the most form of art, like art so. is the most raw way to express yourself and to tell a story and right to tell a story yeah. yeah yeah all right now larping okay so there's a whole i want to bu- do this with you one all right day. so there's a whole bunch of different kinds of larping all right Hold on, before so, we continue yeah is there a LARPing community around here? Kind of. More in South Carolina. Okay. Yeah. So how we're in South Carolina? Uh, Aiken, okay. South Carolina is one. So if I if I bring a few friends, mm-hmm. can we document a LARPing experience? Absolutely. Okay. We can get you into a, into in one of those. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I want to do it so <laughs> bad because it looks so, so fun. So there's a, uh, we had done uh, so we do do food. We serve yeah. food in mm-hmm. the woods, right? And so mm-hmm. for these events that they hold outdoors, so we've done everything from. They call it uh, foam fighting, which uh-huh. is it's, uh, the different ones are called Dagahir and Bellagarth. Uh-huh. And those are padded weapons that you swing as hard as you can swing a baseball bat. That's uh-huh. how hard you swing them. It's not a tap, tap. You yeah. know, and it's not the lightning bolt, you know, throwing yeah. spells or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. It's actual fat fighting. And there's a point system based on where you hit. Uh, where you hit. Like arms, you get two points, uh-huh. right? So you don't, it, no headshots. The, the only thing you shoot in the head is with a, a padded bow, an, air, an arrow. Yeah. And it's it's an eye opener. It really is. Uh-huh. When you get hit, it's a, you know you've been hit. It's like paintball. Yeah, yeah. So uh, uh, one hit per limb. Yeah. You lose, uh, you you know, lose the limb. limb. Mm-hmm. And then uh, per leg and then the chest is otherwise you can wear armor and that, you yeah. know, everything. But it's live action and it's really active. They have, um, I've seen battles of, you know, three or 400 people on each side, or Jesus two or 300, like, Christ. yeah, fighting each other like this. And then the best, my favorite thing is that at night they have tournaments where they fight in a ring, all right, uh. against each other. And they'll have, like, based on the type of weapon they have, They'll have one-on-one, so if it's like a big two-handed weapon yeah. or whatever, you know, those guys fight each other. And then they'll have the – and they, they call it this. They'll put four people together. What do, do you it, think like, they call that one? now. Four horsemen tournament. Yeah. Where there's four of them, yeah. <laughs> so there's four people in the ring at one time. Yeah, eight people in the ring at one time, yeah. And then they'll have all these things that are equivalent to like a rumble and everything, but it's all oh, point with, with these foam <laughs> swords. Yeah, swinging absolutely like, as hard as they can. Jesus yeah, Christ. so it, it's a really neat. Now there's specifications your weapons have to like pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't have like a baseball bat with like right. wrapped, yeah, in, yeah, a, yeah. wrapped in a yeah. pool noodle. Yeah, and then there's another version of this that we do that is a full immersion LARPing. Mm-hmm. So it's a little less hitting and more like a live action Dungeons and Dragons. Okay? Almost like so, the Renaissance Festival. Yeah, kind of. This like one, atmosphere. Yeah, atmosphere. Okay, like, yeah, okay. yeah. So there, there, so there's two versions of that. There's like historically correct LARPing uh-huh. where you do like the, the Renaissance Fair and then there's fantasy LARPing where there might be goblins. We've, we've gone gotcha. done events where they had a lake where they literally had mermaids in the lake. Oh, yeah, amazing. and they had these uh, giant creatures that are foam creatures that people made that they walk around on stilts that are actually characters that you can interact oh with. God, it's I'm like a thirty-hour game, and I'm we're the pub, going LARPing. You know? And like, then there's the SCA. Oh, and the okay. SCA is the Society for Creative Anachronism. Oh, and that is okay. the guys that do uh, full metal armor, and mm-hmm. they use dulled metal weapons. Jesus, so Christ. yeah, and they hit each other as hard as they absolutely can in the head, but they, you know, wherever. But they'll wear full on protection, uh, and it is Dude. intense. And there's different versions of that where yeah. they, you know, you hit them till they go to the ground. I want to do that. Sometimes it's a point <laughs> system. I've heard tell of people losing fingers. Yeah, I've I seen all do, kinds. I don't want to do that. And they oh. have horses, archery. Jesus. All that jazz. What do they put on the arrows? Huh? Oh, th- those arrows that they use, I've, I've, only like ones I've seen, like they're like a tire, tire rubber. <laughs> like thick, you know, not it's that thick though. Yeah. I've seen them shoot um, bolts out of crossbow bolts like that. Yeah. I've seen them have big siege weapons like a crank up uh, 
uh, uh, crossbows that are yeah. so big it takes two people to crank up, and they launch these uh, giant like uh, wooden foam tipped you know arrows you know a hundred yards uh, down lane. It would be Somebody's amazing to see. Just get hit in the head. It know? would be amazing <laughs> to see, but I don't want to take part in that. Right, I, I will get hit with a foam mm-hmm. utensil. Like foam weapon, yeah, as hard as you can. I'm down <laughs> for that, but not the real stuff. Oh, but it's it's on armor though, you know. So they have an armor. So do you, have, you, as pay, well. you pay to be? Yeah, in, yeah. It's so a membership. You join their uh, their subculture. So well, to speak. What about it's like the smaller a, ones? The like smaller the ones, ones, you don't. You know, it's usually you just show up. But okay. SCA, you know, you can go, you can show. Is there up a website the for these things? Do what? Is there are websites for these things? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, What's the website for the foam one? The foam one. Just look up dagger here, and it's D A G O R. H I R. Okay. So I'll send you that one. That's yes, that's a really the, the most common I'm, one. I do. I'm here. dead serious. I want to document and, this. And the funny thing is, is like it's all. But they're okay with cameras. Yeah. They're okay oh with my bringing, God. Like, yes. There's, there's so many people like that. Okay. Yeah. That shoot film there. Yeah. That's a, it's a whole <sighs> so thing. Amazing. That's a whole subculture within a subculture is the video and the and the camera work. Uh, so so if I look that, up this dagger ha dagger here dagger here yeah dagger here like <laughs> if I look it up on like on YouTube there'll be yeah yeah oh, there's goblins dude and they stay dude. in character and it is the funniest thing you will ever see because I love the Renaissance <laughs> Festival and that's like who I was talking to somebody about LARPing and <laughs> I like I had heard about it but it didn't show I didn't have interest in it until the movie Role Models right right and like when they did LARPing like and I'm just like but still I'm just like yeah. That looks like the funnest thing on the face now, of the earth. Now, the thing is, add that with a camping element mm-hmm. with alcohol. Oh, with, and so oh, there's, yeah, a, sure there's, a whole, there's a whole nightlife that goes with this that involves a lot of mead, you know, yeah. a lot of beer and stuff, yeah. you know, and a lot of, you know, jovial atmosphere, yeah. you know, that, that's and uh, once again, a like-minded folks, a community of like-minded folks mm-hmm. that love something yeah. that share their love for it. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a really, really good community. So uh, you've LARPed before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we, uh, we uh, were able to, uh, we started going to those things and then, uh, uh, Warren, uh, my girlfriend, mm-hmm. uh, has a food allergy, so she was cooking for herself, and then found out like a lot of other people were like, "Oh, can you cook for me? Can you cook for me?" Gotcha. You know, and so it just kind of evolved over the past like oh, five or six food, years. The food, yeah. Stuff. So we started making more and more different foods, and then that's we started awesome. researching, you know, like different, um, like we do different cooking methods, and everybody else yeah. we do like cast iron stack da- Dutch oven cooking, nice. and we teach classes on how to do that outdoors. Mm-hmm. I'm a, a uh, in another life, I was a master wilderness guide, and I've always lived in the woods and everything, yeah. you know. So it kind of came safe. Anybody, that, anybody that sees your compound will know <laughs> that you're an outdoors guy. Right. So, yeah. uh, but it just become a thing. And so That's awesome. I hope that it comes back with, uh, you know, with the COVID and everything. I it just, will. Uh, and, I think everything will come back. Everything will eventually come back. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe this when. is just part of our journey. Exactly. You know, I think this is, uh, we might, can all say, remember when. Yeah. You know? I remember, <laughs> so. like, it might have been something needed to straighten us out. Right, yeah. Yeah, because we were we were getting out yeah. there. Cosmically. As a, as, a, as a society and as a, yeah. as a country, we were getting out there. Yeah, and absolutely. This, this brings reality into perspective. It does. And it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the Native Americans always, you know, when so, an incident happens uh, or something bad happens, you know, mm-hmm. the, 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 the general philosophy is when you walk away from that is what did you learn yeah you know and what did you learn and that's what goes right back to the hero's journey it yeah. doesn't mean anything until at the end of the you know it doesn't mean if you win a belt so what you yeah. know if you win an award so what what did you your learn? next journey what starts. did you learn yeah you know and how can you apply the, that would you agree with the end of every journey the next journey begins absolutely yeah, yeah the whole one door opens another closes and all, all yeah, that also jazz, and also you never stop learning you never stop learning i believe we're here for one reason that's to learn and to continue to learn whatever that may be you know if you want to learn how to play magic or gathering which i'm getting paid at this new job to learn to play magic gathering really? that was kind of weird yeah it's really cool though <laughs> i like dude my 10 <laughs> year old has tried to teach me how to play pokemon Oh no! <laughs> like for two years, yeah. And I have no idea how this works still right. to this day. <laughs> but and my other thing is, is that you train. I've trained every moment of my life for mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. To have this conversation with you, everything yeah. that I, my experiences that I've had, in some way have, have enabled me to be able to have this conversation with you yeah. for us to talk about this. Exactly. And, you know, and what we'll take away from this, we'll learn something. Yeah. And move on. And with the with you know uh, social media and and video and everything mm-hmm. we'll be able to hopefully expand this on out which is uh, i'm assuming the the point of a podcast you yeah know, to educate to well there's yeah i tell everybody there's two stuff. two reasons is i started the podcast because i did so much for everybody else right and i want to do something for myself and i and i love podcasts but what i love more about podcasts is learning about people right and having conversations yeah 
Like that, like now I know stuff about you that I would have never known. Right? Like passing <laughs> passing each other in, in the at wrestling shows, saying, Hey, yeah. even sitting down having a beer with you, I still wouldn't have gotten right. what I got. Yeah. And I just like documenting it because like you said, always learning and yeah. not saying I'm here to teach people, Mm-mm. but my experiences and your experiences and us mm-hmm. sharing those experiences and sharing our viewpoints on things right. obviously could teach some people. Right. And maybe somewhere somebody's listening that thinks, you know, oh man, I would like to wrestle or maybe if they can't wrestle you know i i now see that there's other avenues to be involved in the wrestling community that doesn't just involve you know getting the shit beat out of you know so well it's (laughs) it's anything any any dream you have to realize that 90 percent of the time your dream is not going to come go like come full circle the way you intend it to Mm -mm. like the way you want it to right but if you're passionate if you're passionate about something what you do is you get yourself involved in it, mm-hmm. and then once again, your journey and your experiences will guide you to where you're supposed to be in that in exactly. that field and, and in life. Yeah, and in life. Yeah, and that's why we're here. But yeah, man, I'm gonna cheers you. Social distancing. Cheers. Social thank distancing. you for the cocaine tea. Yep. <laughs> and thank you for sitting and talking, man. This has been fun. Absolutely, I really enjoyed it. Thank Appreciate you. you. Thank you for listening to the Tuesday Special Podcast. Find all of our old episodes at TuesdaySpecials.com. That's TuesdaySpecials.com. I don't care. All right, thank you.